0: every single major world war every single major conflict the architects of our society the engineers of our society the custodians of our lives have found that the best way to do that is to foment animalistic revenge vengeance you have no idea what you're getting into you have no idea the cost of war when you look at total war which is what they're talking about people are demanding total war When you look at total war, what you're going to involve is the absolute systemic destruction of everything that is humanity.
1: Hey, friends, Sean from SGT Report here. That was the voice of my friend Nathan Reynolds. Words from a scholar. As the world gets bloodthirsty and we race towards World War III, I'll quote Apostle Paul from Romans chapter 12, who said, bless those who persecute you. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge. In this one, we talk about the Balfour Declaration, the House of Rothschild, Zionism, Israel, and a race toward a global war if the people of the world don't return to their senses. Hey friends, welcome back. It's fantastic to have each and every one of you here. Thank you so much for clicking play the spiritual warfare aligned against humanity is making itself very clear i have back on the line author speaker farmer husband father satanic ritual abuse survivor illuminati family survivor and man of god nathan reynolds nathan welcome back
0: thanks so much for having me back on sean couldn't be more excited to be here
1: well, I really appreciate you, and uh, guys, the website for Nathan is snatchedfromtheflames.com. I couldn't more highly recommend it. I want to start with Ephesians six twelve. for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And now I want to share a little thing with you guys. Let me do a screen share. It's called the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not kill. It's a very simple directive. So, Israel's 9-11, right? As neocons, so-called conservatives, and Christian pundits are calling for vengeance because of the attacks of Hamas against Israel, I have a real problem with what we're hearing. Have we learned nothing? They're calling this Israel's 9-11, which will then give them carte blanche to lay waste to Gaza and innocent children and families trapped there. So before I play a soundbite from author E. Michael Jones, who I've had on the broadcast twice, I want to just get Nathan's reaction to anything I just said. I do not want to filibuster here. Nathan's the keeper of so much knowledge. But I have a real problem with what we're seeing as the world barrels right directly toward World War three And then we're going to talk about whether or not this is all being made to happen. Is prophecy being brought about on purpose? Biblical prophecy I'm talking about. Nathan, before that bite from E. Michael Jones about this whole situation, what say you?
0: You know, I think you you brought up a really interesting commandment when it talks about that. You shall not kill. You shall not murder. There is a, a distinction of understanding that is so intoxicating for people if they if they've not gotten into bloodlust and blood guilt they have no idea about the power of what can take over the mind enrapture the mind when people do seek vengeance i mean that's literally what my book was about was trying to dismantle a life of bloodshed a life of vengeance a life of constant confusion and this is what, what happens when you enter into the enemy's camp, when you enter into the adversary's kingdom and you begin to take on the garments of violence, you begin to become something other than a set-apart person, a righteous person, because you're gonna pick up the sword of Cain. You're gonna start to become a murderer. And you know, when you do that, you start to enter into the kingdom of the dragon. He is a murderer and is a murderer from the beginning. He's a liar and a father of lies and that prince of the power of the air, like second Colossians. Well, he talks about it in 2 Corinthians 2. Four, four, like marvel not because satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light and his ministers his apostles do likewise he's like don't wonder don't marvel don't be amazed by their works and so many people are masquerading as the good guys as the righteous people who have been so desperately in need of help and protection and deliverance and restoration. And and at the same time behind the scenes, they are the very ones who are enacting murder and bloodshed and violence and control and coercion. And so I really strongly caution people anytime major cataclysmic events take place to take a step back from the emotional carnage that's being churned up and, 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 reveled in like i don't try to enter into normally weighing into these current events in that same time frame because people get so emotionally charged they become completely debased into that animalistic beast-like mindset that they're trying to drive people into and this is where the propagandists thrive like we've talked about almost every episode sean you and i have done edward benet's propaganda read a tiny little book it'll transform your life you read the book of revelation like we're going to talk about tonight there's an absolute guaranteed promised blessing that you don't lose if you read that book you guard that book and that you don't steal from it take away from it add to it or diminish it and by doing that you can understand that there really is a an adversary like those principalities powers rulers dominions thrones spiritual wickedness in high places there is an anti-messiah spirit that has been loosed over the earth to try to lead people astray it says the dragon Leads the whole world astray. And truly, when the world is trying to drive mankind into war, into violence, into death and slaughter, into the consumption of peace for the expense of peace. Prosperity for the expense of freedom and liberty. This is nothing different than one of the books we're going to talk about tonight, written by a girl, guy named Carl Tykreb. We're going to read some excerpts from this about this Unitarianism, this one world ideology that's infecting people, this collectivism that drives people towards this goddess of liberty who was literally enthroned in Notre Dame Cathedral right before the French had their revolution, which ended up in violence and bloodshed and the slaughtering of innumerable people. When when righteous people get caught up in that zealousness and that passion and that enthralling, they really are drinking from the cups of demons. And you have to be so cautious about whether or not this is a war of righteousness or a war of carefully orchestrated puppeteers manhandling people to make it appear as though prophecy might be coming to pass. When in reality we have a prophecy of the beast, the revelation of the beast seems to be much more in line with what we see actually being fomented brought forth is that unveiling of the archons, these paronumenikais as they're called in the scriptures, these principalities. And this seems to be their time, the fruit of their anti-messiah at work.
1: I want to play for you a soundbite from author E. Michael Jones. The book I like so much that he wrote, and I've interviewed him about is Logos Rising. But uh, he's done seminal work in the area of Israel, Jewish supremacy, and this problem, this, I would call it, a Zionist problem. And I don't know if I discussed this with you, but I've certainly discussed it on the broadcast before. The foundations of the state of Israel, the modern state of Israel, in the Rothschild's hand, in the founding of that, along with the British Royals, the Royal Crown, the Balfour Declaration. That's going to help just people understanding the history of that and the Rothschild's role in it, in my opinion, will help us bridge into another topic I want to talk about in this interview. Nathan and audience, I just want to play for you this snippet. Between E. Michael Jones, the author and researcher, he's a scholar, by the way, PhD level, very bright guy. His interview with Stu Peters about Israel laying siege to Gaza and the one thing that they can hide behind to prevent discourse. Listen to this.
2: This goes back a long way. Well, Early on in uh, right around the run up to World War II, the British did a survey and they they realized that bomb, dropping bombs, 80% of the time, they never come near their target. And so they changed the strategy to bombing civilian populations. That was a war crime then. It it, it reached its culmination in things like the firebombing of Dresden and uh, and Hamburg, and also the atomic bomb dropped on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These were all civilian targets. And this is the legacy now of the uh, Israeli regime here. They are targeting civilians. And all of the, the uh, outrage is being directed against uh, the other side here. No, the fundamental fact is that their attack on Gaza is is a war crime. They are attacking a civilian population. They are attacking deliberately attacking a civilian population, no matter what they say, because you cannot not attack a civilian population if you drop bombs on Gaza. That's being completely excluded from the discussion now. So what do you attribute that to? I mean, why
1: do they get a pass? Benjamin Netanyahu is openly posting on the platform X uh, aerial footage of him bombing civilian
2: occupied structures. There's there's a one word answer to that question, and it's the Holocaust. We dare not speak above our breaths when speaking
1: in condemnation of it. It was Woodrow Wilson who said that. What was he speaking about? I think he was talking about Zionism. Nathan, events like this, whether false flags or not, whether allowed to happen or not, there's news that Israel was warned by Egypt before the attack and did nothing. These things, these events cause otherwise decent men and women to thirst for blood through vengeance. And I just want to caution everybody as people like Ben Shapiro and conservatives and Christians are now foaming at the mouth saying, wipe Gaza from the map. Gaza is filled with two plus million people. Women and children are trapped there. And my heart as a Christian cries out for them, and I don't defend what happened when Hamas stormed that dance party and killed a bunch of people in Israel, more than a thousand people. I'm not excusing it. I'm not excusing it. I'm saying we as Christians had better pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and speak out loudly against those who want to kill indiscriminately, because otherwise, where does this end? They're going to take us right to World War III. And that brings me to the next question, then I'll shut up. Is this all being brought about on purpose? Are we being steered here by the powers of the darkness, the controllers of the darkness of this world? I feel like we are.
0: In no uncertain terms, every time you need, in order to formulate an agenda that is successful for every single major world war, every single major conflict, the architects of our society, the engineers of our society, the custodians of our lives Have found that the best way to do that is to foment animalistic revenge, vengeance. In order to do that, they have to set up, they have to literally set up a means of mass murder to take place because fundamentally you're going to need soldiers who become from, who come from civilians to become trained murderers. Every soldier is a trained murderer you have to desensitize them like we've talked about in the past the book on killing which goes through the systematic desensitization training that is required in order to get a human being to resist the natural proclivities to not kill another person in order to do that you have to physically train them away you have to dehumanize their targets and every time if you go back and examine the propaganda one of my favorite studies uh is oh my goodness hold on there is a a video series a documentary series which you guys absolutely love which is uh, uh, put out back in the 1950s it it went and examined the propaganda that was used in the 1940s during the war as also uh, after after the war was kind of drowning out and they began to shift it towards towards our what used to be our allies the soviet union who had to become the new bad boogeyman the threat of communism it's called why we fight The documentary series, it's in the United States National Archives, and you can see it's like a seven-part series. And you can just literally watch the evolution of propaganda from the beginning phases of the war because you've got to go back to each one of these time periods in United States history. Before the Spanish-American Civil War took place, the United States had a much more reserved stance when it came to global Policing. But one of the key founders uh, who instituted that was Woodrow Wilson, like you talked about. He became the shot caller of the Federal Reserve and a lot of these agencies. He was an economic professor, somebody who brought in the war through the economics. But he also was the one who brought into the pub- population this mindset, this ideology that, you know, we needed to go be the global policeman who step in on these powers and these positions. The same president who was like, I will not get us involved in the war was the very president who got us involved in the Great War. And you go back a step further when you go back to the the spanish-american war and that the united states had agents of influence who went and set up the united states to have a destroyer blown apart in the, the sea of in the in the spanish sea there by cuba in order to try to launch and foment this and this is when they had what was called yellow journalism the rise of a lot of the propagandists the pr campaigns before the secretary of war the secretary of defense that we call him today the department of defense they used to call it the department of war back then it's really 1984 if you all haven't read a book i read a book recently called 1984 by george orwell which was just incredibly revealing. I've heard it quoted a lot throughout my life, but to actually sit down and read that book, you literally get to see the very architected system that was described and prophesied by these prophets of Baal, George Orwell was. He brought forth this great magical working and literally mankind has been under the influence of this great dragon to bring this work to pass because these archons, these ancient immortals, and what I say I mean by that, they were literally created to do mighty deeds. They were were created to govern countries, continent, regions, territories of of power and influence, and they are the ultimate ones who drive these forces into action. They're the ones who release the dogs of war, and they do that by setting up the population to be foaming at the mouth like you just described. Through the death and the destruction by of innocence, more or less, people that are like they should not have died, even though when they knew, more often than not, it was the very agents of our government or the government that's that's going to victim stance during it that set them up. You got twenty five mile lo- long strip, the Gaza Strip, five mile wide, one of the most heavily enforced guarded territories on the face of the earth. you got 2 million people inside that little area, and yet they have the most sophisticated drones and and surveillance state, guardians, soldiers and sentinels, incredible amounts of firepower and protective measures laid in place, sensors, ground sensors, air sensors, radio sensors. They have so much surveillance going over that place. And you want to tell me that these guys got in little tractors and drove across the border and devoured and destroyed all of these people? Surely you must understand something just Just like when the Japanese were coming over in their armada to destroy all of our ships that were so strategically laid out, these old battleships that the United States Navy didn't want to have to use for the next war. We lined them up so perfectly and strategically so that they could indeed come in and devour and destroy them. And so the United States could have this bloody sacrifice, this Holocaust, like you talked about, so that the people would be foaming at the mouth, willing to do whatever it takes to get it. It's the same as the Lusitania, the Lusitania back before. World War I was a vessel that was carrying munitions. It had unbelievable tolls of munitions on it. It had war, it had literal artillery rounds for firing back at ships. It was a war vessel carrying all kinds of wars and munitions to go and start an engaging combat for the United States on behalf of the United States for Great Britain. And it was sunk. And they're like, oh, this great tragedy is taking place. And they used that through that yellow journalism, that same foaming at the mouth version of media to drive the population into the direction that they wanted to because ultimately the United States by and far our population has not bought hook, line, and sinker this ideology for the war in Ukraine. We're not really eager to go engage with a war with Russia and the Soviet Union again because we recognize that there's some duplicitousness when it comes to hey, who are these agents of evil that are operating at the headship and the leadership under Ukraine and what is their driving factors and why is it suddenly our government so behind their agenda? Could there be that there's some other about uh, double, double dealing taking place. That's in this event, and one of the things I did want to just bring into the public record, uh, I'm going to screen share with you real quick, just just so people do have a little better understanding of when you talk about something like the Belfort Declaration. I think Sean, a lot of people don't actually have an understanding of what it is you're saying. We have we hear it in phraseology, but I'm just going to go to the the actual. Let me just share my screen real quick. This is so you can see. This is the Rothschilds archive org so this is their official history of the rothschilds they're very,
1: they're very proud, proud of it, it. and Absolutely. one of their surviving rothschilds i get their names mixed up but you know the old man who's always at watson is that jacob rothschild he did a sit-down interview with one of these channels in the uk at watson and he shows the document he shows the original note from walter rothschild
2: he's you know starts to fight a difficult battle with the british cabinet and this uh
0: letter goes through five drafts, as you know, and in the end it comes out as a rather compromising letter. I mean, the essential point is there for um, the Jewish community to fasten on to. You have the first bit which promises a national home rather than the national home, and then you have the bit that nothing that's to be done should um, in any way harm the Arab community. But you come back to the big point, which is that this is perhaps the greatest event in Jewish life
1: for thousands of years. Uh, they're very proud of this history, so let's be clear because, about
0: that. Because and 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 you got you got to understand the Rothschilds, y'all are are they are custodians, okay? And what I mean by that is they literally needed to design a society part of. If you would read this book, The Game of Gods, it's an incredible history account that, that details where this, this one-world ideology came from. And it, and it starts to go through a lot of these, what would be called the black royalty, the the these societies that have really been governing. We have some here in the United States, like you talked about this Illuminati bloodline that I'm a descendant of. The Reynolds family is, is a component of it. However, there's a heraldry behind my family and my bloodline that's that goes deeper into these other bloodlines. And one of them is the Orsini families. The Orsini family and the Medici's, the Merovingians, These are the ones who have been... Holding powers and positions for a lot longer than you and I would ever think of when it comes to empire, dynastic empires, people that have been ruling for thousands of years, completely different than anything that we have to corroborate or comprehend. But the the Rothschilds, this Red Shield family, they are descendants of the Orsini's. Okay, the Orsini's and a lot of these real power players, like the Lee Li family in China, the Dragon bloodlines, they don't want their face to be on the news. They don't want their money, their assets, their wealth, their accolade to be discussed. They don't want it to ever populate in the minds of the masses that these people have any power and influence they want to be shadow walkers they want to be soldiers in the kingdom of the grey and this is why you have three popes that operate at any given time you got the white pope he's masquerading all the time as this good showman pope then you have the grey pope Pepe Orsini this is the one who is really a shot caller of shot callers when it comes to the global politics and the global society and the engineers of, of global descent these are the ones who are really pulling on the coffers and the strings like this because they have so much power that is given to them and it literally says in revelation we're going to talk about the one who gives power the dragon is going to give his power to this beast to these beast kingdoms to these to these sovereigns these kings these corporations and by doing that i get fired up about this because there's this historicity that's really important a guy named johnny sorucci i'll have a, a few of his books next time we do a show sean uh he put forth this thing that was called a book called the the illuminati unmasked and he did another one that was called the secret history and the third one which was called eaters of children the pedocracy exposed johnny serucci does a fantastic job of actually going through and dealing with a lot of this veiled history that has been so systemically eradicated from our society by diving into their actual archives like you said sean they're very proud of the society that they've made in their image they have genuinely made an image of this great beast of the whore that we read about in the scriptures they clothed in purple these black robed priests that that reign supremely on the earth these power brokers of our society who literally own and control the vast majority of the holy sites in jerusalem are owned by the roman catholic church they're not christian they are not they did not survive the protestant Re- reformation they have been controlled and coerced to foment a version of it and you know what when you want to start to really get some powerful people involved in this war they're going to start blowing up those catholic holy sites that's when you really will see teeth bared and people calling for bloodshed and violence you think christians in america have some power brokers behind them because we have some people involved in the united states military you have no idea what it looks like when billions of people rise up in arms to go after this and this is what they prophesied as their great third world war will be one that will exhaust the nations that people will be so tired of it by the end of it that they will abandon all forms of religion because they'll they will pin this on religious zealots on all sides of the equations from Muslims to Arabs to these, these these split bifurcated societal fractured groups. And they're gonna make it be racial. They're gonna make it transgender based. They're gonna make it ideological, systemic. In so many ways, they're gonna try to split and destroy people and make them go into the, the just bloodshed continually. And when you get into that that kingdom of violence, it is so inexhaustible because what you're dealing with is these powers that are always hungry and never satisfied, that are always thirsty and never able to be refreshed. And this is what you're dealing with when it comes to the Rothschilds. They, they are proud of this history because what they put out here, I'm going to read it for you. Some of you might be listening in here. This is on their website and it's called, and it starts out Walter Rothschild and the Balfour Declaration. Lionel Walter Rothschild was the Lord Rothschild to whom Balfour addressed his 1917 proposal regarding the establishment of a Jewish state. On November 2nd, 1917, the British government expressed its sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations and announced that it would use its best endeavors to facilitate the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. The announcement came in a letter from the foreign secretary, Arthur Balfour, to Lionel Walter, second Lord Rothschild, 1868 to 1937, the unofficial leader of the British Jewish community. The Balfour Agreement became the diplomatic foundation stone of the state of Israel. The origins of the letter had begun in the early 20th century when Chime Wiseman, the leading spokesman for Zionism in Britain, began to solicit support among the British people shortly after he settled in Manchester in 1904 the origins in the first world war beginning in 1916. So understand here we're right into the crux of the great ward. Now imagine the emotional charged atmosphere of what you're dealing with. This is a time when over in the middle East, there was mostly Arabic. There's mostly Arabic tribes that had a form of peaceful cohabitation. And it wasn't constant violence and bloodshed like we see today. So it's a very different societal structure than what we're experiencing today. The British hoped that in exchange for their support of Zionism, the Jews would help to finance the growing expenses of the First World War, which was becoming increasingly burdensome. More importantly, policymakers in the foreign office believed that Jews could prevail upon to persuade the United States to join the war. At this time, there was very strong pro-Zionist feelings by many of the political elite and establishment. Many of Britain's leaders, including Prime Minister David Lloyd George and Balfour himself, felt for the Jews in their history. These men were deeply religious Christian Zionists. Same people that you'll see today, just another generation of them being raised up and they're the ones who have great platforms and pomp to be able to foment these same ideologies and architect these kinds of uh, emotional drives. They had grown up on the Bible. The Holy Land was their spiritual home. They believed that modern Zionism would fulfill a divine promise and resettle the Jews in the land of their ancient fathers. The text of the letter. The Balfour Declaration used deliberately vague language. The term, quote, national home, end quote, was chosen in order to minimize the Zionist dream, to make Palestine a Jewish state. The Arabs, whose quote, civil and religious, quote, not national and political rights were not to be prejudiced, as the declaration put it, where you referred to as only existing non-Jewish communities. This would be like what we would call the Gaza Strip today. The Balfour Declaration was ultimately unsuccessful and many commentators place it among some similar fruitless schemes. Surprisingly, the British by and large kept their word for at last two decades until the outbreak of the Second World War. They allowed the Zionist movement to bring hundreds of thousands of Jewish immigrants into power palestine these new arrivals set up hundreds of settlements including several towns as well as political economic military and cultural infrastructure of the future state of israel the balfour declaration was the opening chapter in a still unfinished story the original letter was presented to the british library in 1924 by lionel walter ii lord rothschild here's the actual letter foreign office november 2nd 1917 dear lord rothschild I have much pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of his majesty's government, the following declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which has been submitted to and approved by the cabinet, his majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object, it being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights of political status enjoyed by the Jews in any other country. I should be grateful if you would bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionist Federation. Yours sincerely, Arthur James Balfour. This is the very architects of this book, that they have opened up. This is not the Lamb's book of life that we're reading from. This is the book of the beast. These are the people who are literally willing to comply with being ultimate, at the end of the day, cowards. Because cowards are the one who use other people to fight their wars. They're not willing to weigh into the fray personally. And because of that, these very people are are incapable of truly comprehending the gravity of what it takes in order to bring this thing to pass. When someone who sits in their comfortable armchair quarterback position chair screams and cusses and demands bloodshed and violence and the deaths of civilians on an unpalatable scale it's because they have never known what the taste of innocent blood is like they don't know what it's like to have blood and brain matter smattered and smeared across you they have no comprehension of what it looks like to see dismemberment take your entire community and watch everything you've ever known as normal be destroyed to have no power just just to think about what our society would turn into here in America without power, without food, without water, without access to communications with each other, how quickly we would dissolve and come apart. And this is in a society where we have been so away from it for so long. The people in Palestine are far more resilient when it comes to this because they've experienced this type of oppressive nature. They experience what it's like to be under the constant eye of big brother. And so because of that, they'll be more resilient in some aspects of it. But this is why one of, One of the best books you can study on history of insurgencies, terrorists, freedom fighters is The War in the Shadows. And this is written by Robert B. Asprey. And this goes through the history of how sovereign territories, colonialists, empirists, how they contend and fight with guerrilla fighters, how they fight back against people that are a minority group that they're trying to stomp out of existence and blot out like in the Zulu War, the Bullet War. And Great Britain has been one of the great architects of that for many many generations however the true ones who have held that position the longest are the jesuits it's the roman catholic church and that's why they're really if you went and dug down into the coffers of it you're going to find their fingerprints all over this filthy thing
1: well i'm so glad we're going here because again i just wanted to caution really the world and anybody with a platform whether it's sean hannity or ben shapiro or anybody who has a platform have we learned nothing from 9-11 Have we learned nothing? We were all bloodthirsty for revenge after 9-11 in this country, and they whipsawed us into global wars without end. And how many millions of people died in Iraq Mm -hmm. and in Afghanistan and then in Libya? It never ends. Have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing, those of you who are bloodthirsty and calling for the demolition and end of Gaza, including the 2 million people that live there? Have we learned nothing? So – You know, in our first broadcast, you read a portion of the Jesuit Oath, and it is as eye-opening as it is abhorrent, and it exposes the full level of depravity of the entire system that governs the earth. So when I paraphrased these words from Woodrow Wilson, I said maybe he was talking about Zionism. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was talking about the Jesuit order. Maybe he was talking about both. But what he said was this, quote, some of the biggest men in the U.S. in the field of commerce and manufacture are afraid of somebody, are afraid of something. They know there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, and so pervasive that they had better not ever speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. And he was a U.S. president. So, I'll do another screen share, and then I want your response. Is this Zionism? Is it the Jesuit order? Is it all of these folks working together? Because I think they're trying to usher us into this final world war that we just talked about. Ezekiel 38, 39 speaks of great battle that will occur in Israel in the latter days and that will involve a people from Magog led by a king named Gog. Ezekiel describes this war as being waged in the mountains of Israel against the children of Israel gathered to these lands. I just want to caution the world. How badly do you all want World War Three? Because that's where they're taking us.
0: And you go talk to some veterans. I really just can't encourage y'all enough. Talk to people who have have killed people and who have been ravaged by violence. You have no idea what you're getting into. You have no idea the cost of war. When you look at total war, which is what they're talking about, people are demanding total war. When you look at total war, what you're going to involve is the absolute systemic destruction of everything that is humanity and when you got like in the world war one i think it was at a rate of 70 i was on average 7700 men died every single day for years for years this is not even just to touch the civilian casualties of what total war looks like today in in the realm of ai based Total supremacy warfare in Japan alone, the United States began a fire campaign. I know there's a lot of like PR campaign about the atomic weapons that were dropped. We were firebombing their cities to nothingness. We were burning and killing tens of thousands of people every day. When you talk about the, the the ability for the United States, for the global empire, for the, the militant arm of the, the red dragon of Great Britain, the militant arm for that nation to start to wage total war, you have no comprehension of what can actually take place and how rapidly devastation can come upon you, upon you. Like we think because we're so isolated and insulated that this won't come and knock down our doors. But when your homes are burning to the ground and you are left cold and barren in the heart of winter and starving to death. You will have a real appreciation of what it was like. And you will recall the days of peace with unbelievable desperation, with prayers inutterable to get back to those days. I want to read to you second Peter two here, because I don't think what you're looking at here is, is the, uh, it's that great Gog and, and Magog. And I'll just put that super transparently because when I read and examine the scriptures, that comes way later in the story. And that, it's not so early on. However, I know that's not necessarily in alignment with the great Hal Lindsay and his uh, his prophecies of old. But Second Peter 2, there also came to be false prophets among the people as also among you, there shall be false teachers who shall secretly bring in destructive heresies and deny the master who bought them bringing swift destruction on themselves and many shall follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of and in greed with fabricated words. They shall use you for gain from of old. Their judgment does not linger and their destruction does not slumber. For if Elohim, who did not spare the angels who sin, but sent them to Tartarus and delivered them into chains of darkness to be kept for judgment and did not spare the world of old, but preserved Noah, a proclaimer of righteousness and seven others, bringing in the flood of the world of the wicked and having reduced to ashes, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah condemned them to destruction, having made them an example to those who afterward would live wickedly and rescued righteous Lot, who was oppressed with the indecent behavior of the lawless. For day after day, that righteous man dwelling among them tortured his righteous being by seeing and hearing their lawless works. Then Yahuwah knows how to rescue the reverent ones from trial and to keep the unrighteous unto the day of judgment to be punished. And most of all, those walking after the flesh in filthy lust, despising authority, bold, headstrong, speaking evil of esteemed ones. Whereas messengers who are greater in strength and power do not bring a slanderous accusation against them before the master. But these like natural unreasoning beasts, having been born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheme that which they do not know, shall be destroyed in their own destruction, being about to receive the wages of unrighteousness. Seeming indulgences in the day of pleasure, spots and blemishes, reveling in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes filled with an adulteress and unable to cease from sin, enticing unstable beings, have a heart trained in greed, children of a curse. Having left the right way, they went astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his transgression, a dumb donkey speaking with the voice of a man, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are fountains without water, clouds driven by a storm, to whom the blackest darkness is kept forever. For speaking arrogant nonsense, they entice. Through the lusts of the flesh, through indecencies, the ones who have indeed escaped from those living in delusion, promising them freedom, though themselves being slaves of corruption. For one is a slave to whatever overcomes him. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the word through the knowledge of the master and savior, Yeshua Messiah, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than for the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the set-apart command delivered unto them. For them, the proverb is proved true. A dog returns to his own vomit. A washed sow returns to rolling in the mud. Can I say one thing? Please.
1: Let me say one thing. Now, I may have answered my own question because I was just looking at some notes. I've been listening to some of the interviews you do, and I took some notes in one of the interviews. And my question to you a minute ago was, who's behind all this? Is it the Zionists? Is it the Jesuits? And I answered my own question looking at my notes. The Jesuits and the Bavarian Illuminati infiltrate and sow chaos and discord and confusion everywhere they go. The Bavarian Illuminati is Rothschild. It was established by the Rothschilds. So, And then when you were just reading all of that reveling in their own deceptions and sins. It reminds me of those who have been brainwashed by this demonic system, the LGBTQ folks, the trans folks, the people that revel in their own sins, the people that will spit upon those who stand outside an abortion clinic praying for the babies that are about to die. These people will show up and scream and spit on them, reveling in their own deceptions and sins. Guys, just a real quick break here and a short word about a sponsor.
2: We're in so much debt. We're driving up deficits so fast. We are devaluing American money so rapidly that in America today, you can't even bribe Democrat senators with cash alone.
1: Gates goes on to joke that one of these Democrat senators received gold bars in alleged bribes. Gold bars, friends. Look, noble gold will help you survive the storm. That is at our door. And now, this month, Noble Gold Investments is handing out a free 5-ounce silver America the Beautiful coin if you qualify for an IRA. When you invest in gold and silver with Noble Gold Investments... You get harbor from the storm. Now, always do your own due diligence before making any investment decision because there are no guarantees in life. But do not settle for financial uncertainty. Build a foundation to your portfolio with precious metals in physical form from Noble Gold Investments, which has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So why wait? Go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now. Think about this opportunity and then call 877 646 Five three four seven, and tell them SGT report sent you. NobleGoldInvestments dot com is the gold company I trust. Give them a call today.
0: What you're dealing with is a form of, like it says in Revelation, that the dragon has these these seven heads and ten horns. There's a, it's like a hydra. There's no better way to say it. There is a single core driving factor, a a, a ruler of rulers. And that is the great red dragon, this great fiery dragon, the serpent of old, the devil, Satan or Hasatan, the accuser of the brethren who stands there day and night accusing the brethren. He's a legal adversary. He is literally in Jerusalem. If you go to court, you're going to stand and the prosecutor is called Satan. The one who accuses you, that is literally the one who you are contending with. The, the real driving force, the spirit behind all these men and the machinations is from his power is from his throne it's from his authority and it's from his name he is giving and dispensing that power out to individual principalities because there is a hegemony there's a hierarchy and it is truly dispensed from him through death and hades and through sheol and through these governing princes the ones these princes of darkness those are the ones who are ultimately the shot callers in the kingdom of darkness and when they dispense out orders and commands they go then down through their powers, their rulers, their dominions, their authorities, the para as they're called, these are literally the ones who are who are fomenting all of these agendas that you see formulating around. When you describe somebody who's coming against someone who is standing at an abortion clinic, like when my wife and I went outside the infanticide clinic in in uh, Stapleton, Colorado, they had a giant sign on their building that said "Pride." They said pride on the wind, like giant letters as women were going in there to have their children murdered and sacrificed to the idols of the greediness for gain towards corporatized systems of enslavement that they have been bought into. And we stood outside that and we witnessed what it was like to have that that violence unleashing on it. And you have to understand there is a spirit behind these people that has deceived them. They literally, it says the God of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so they cannot see the truth. They have, having eyes they see not, having ears they, they hear not. This is literally, they're trapped in this, this in impregnable wall of scales that are over their eyes. These are the serpent scales. Like when Saul who is breathing out murderous threats and he was going out and devouring and destroying the followers of the way, he was a zealot. He believed so passionately that he was doing the very work of Yahuwah, that he was acting out the righteous hand of Yah's vengeance on these monsters, these blasphemers, these followers of the way. And he, when he was struck, knocked off his donkey, when he was knocked on his rear end and he heard the voice of the master speaking to him, he blinded him. Yeshua blinded him with the light of truth. And because of that, it literally said three days later when he was prayed for, that scales fell off his eyes. Those are the very scales that the God of this age has put upon the eyes of this population through delusion, through illusion, and through the machinations of magicians, wizards, and sorcerers. This world really has a priest class behind it, which does not make mainstream media press. This is why the ambassador to Ukraine, they're like, hey, Abramovich. They're like, bring her over, the great sorcerer. Let her come over and bring her incantations and her bloodlust over here because she has been utilized by these these kings for a long time to bring about Gods of men, they want to bring about the power, and to seize that power, they're going to call upon the dark ones. And this is why you have spiritual advisors for every president. It's Woodrow Wilson had one. Theodore Roosevelt had one. All of you guys thinking Ronald Reagan was this righteous man? His wife was so caught up in necromancy; she was dripping in doctrines of demons, y'all. The the version of what you think our presidents and our, and the prime ministers and and the emperors of our society are—they are slaves to a priest class that operates behind the scenes because they're the 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 ones who are communing with the gods they are the very same people that are possessed by the spirit of python who greedy who are greedy for gain who go after the doctrines of balaam balaam y'all was a sorcerer a diviner a diviner means somebody that can tell the the future if you were a leader of a country and you're about to go wage a war and you knew that this guy over here if you gave him silver and gold he would tell you the future of whether or not you were going to be successful in your war, like with Angias, the king of Africa, who was trying to fight another war. He wanted to know if he was going to win, so he they paid Balaam the wages of unrighteousness to try to tell them the future and they can do this y'all the dragon can tell the future the dragon when he was contending with yeshua showed him all the earth and then all of the kingdoms in a moment of time he showed him all of it he can show them the future however there is something that is so powerful that defeats and destroys this which is love which is truth which is absolute justice that comes from our creator and when he executes justice let me tell you assuredly they fall in the pit that they've dug for us he literally says they he rescued the ones he rescued, rescued righteous lot whose soul was vexed, torn apart like you've described in here. When those of you who are lit- listening in and are willing to look at all of the great evil that's been taking place and not turn your eyes away from it, to not go back to the comfortable sands of ignorance, but to instead face it. And try to contend against it to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He will add unto you boldness and courage to overcome your adversaries. Lot was rescued, was ransomed personally and protected from the very vengeance that all those wicked ones were going to experience. Because he was groaning and grieving at this wickedness. We likewise need to be falling on our faces and groaning and grieving and interceding for that our father would have mercy on these people. That they would not be blinded any longer. That he would contend with these spiritual powers that are contending with us and our families and bring deliverance psalm chapter two y'all is the we- weapon of our warfare if you would turn back to these this this is the great sword of our lips and when you rise up and you contend against these things you get clothed with power from on a high to overcome it to cast off every vain imagination that, that raises itself up and tries to defeat the path of life this is what psalm chapter two why do the nations rage And the peoples meditate emptiness. The sovereigns of the earth take their stand. The rulers take counsel together. That's a conspiracy. And against Yahuwah and against his Messiah and say, Let us tear apart their bonds and throw away their ropes from us. He who is sitting in the heavens laughs. Yahuwah mocks at them. Then he speaks to them in his wrath and troubles them in his rage saying, But I... I have set my sovereign on Zion, my set-apart mountain. I inscribe for a law. Yahuwah has said to me, you are my son. Today I have brought you forth. Ask of me and I make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. Break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. And now be wise, O sovereigns. Be instructed, you rulers of the earth. Serve Yahuwah with fear and trembling and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the chosen lest he be enraged and you perish in the way for soon his wrath is to be kindled. Blessed are all those taking refuge in him. If you will take refuge in him, if you will turn unto his son, your sins are washed away. You can be covered and ransomed from a life of depravity and depression and despair, loneliness and monotony. You can be filled with boldness and bravery that that can eagerly contend with the greatest forces of darkness. The full armies of the nations could be sent against you personally and they could not touch you if you are walking in his way. He says you were chosen to be sovereigns And priests, you were made to be a king and a priest in your home, a queen and a princess in your home. And you're supposed to walk in that authority. And when you do that, those principalities, those powers, those rulers, they take note of you because you get a shield of protection that is placed over you. You get the anointing and the authority to walk in in boldness and courage everywhere you go. And the darkness flees when someone is filled with the all-consuming fire of the Most High. When you walk in that, you truly become clothed with immortality on this earth. And that is the power that we need to have in order to, to see see through this unbelievable snares of deception that are lining us up like a giant minefield. And they're trying to force everyone to voluntarily submit to the cowards of control. And instead, if we stand firm, with our feet planted on the gospel of truth, and we do not move off of it. We indeed will get to see the destruction of our adversaries while we get to rest in the confidence that he fights for us.
1: Well, before the end of this broadcast, I'm hoping that you'll lead us in a prayer to pray for those who have fallen for this bloodlust and who are screaming now for the bloodlust openly on radio and television. These people are being hosted by Fox News. They're being hosted by some of the biggest podcasts in the world. These are people who otherwise would identify as conservatives or Christians, neocons. They're all bloodthirsty right now. And let's pray for the scales of blindness to fall from their eyes before this is done today. But uh, I want to ask you one of two other topics, because we're running a little short on time. Would you prefer to talk about the Jason Group and Super Soldiers and Assassins? And the reason I bring it up is cuz you brought it up in our first broadcast and I never followed up on this idea of Jason Bourne and the Bourne identity, right? Born again as a new man named Jason Bourne. And it just makes me wonder if those movies aren't telegraphing exactly what goes on in real life with the Jason groups, super soldiers, uh Vatican assassins. You know, I interviewed a guy once named Eric John Phelps who wrote a book about that okay. called Vatican Assassins, and I was a bit dubious. I'm like, well, how how far spread is this? And you know, I'm as naive as heck. Well, now, after listening to you, I know how deadly real it is, and I know you could speak to that, but I wonder if it deserves a whole show unto itself, because the other topic we could talk about is the alien UFO deception. I could play for you a soundbite from Damien Dumar on the Jeff Rents program, talking about a book, The Last Harvest, A Secret History of Lucifera, Aliens, the Illuminati, and the fate of humanity. And within it, he mentions these bloodlines going back to Egypt, and included in those bloodlines are Rothschild and Rockefeller. What do you think? The Jason groups and Vatican assassins or the alien deception?
0: that one would probably be better suited. The Jason groups and the Jason projects would be one that would be better suited for another show because there's, there's a great deal of of research and information that would be helpful to bring out and share screens and stuff like that. And we can do that another time, but I'd be glad to touch on if you'd like the alien deception and the uh, component of extra dimensional entities. Okay.
1: Because I think that is the last card, right? As Werner von Braun, the Nazi said the head of NASA modern day rocketry, the last card they will play. He warned his assistant Carol Rosen so many times over four years, the last card Carol will be the alien card the UFO deception and it will all be a lie. But just real briefly for my own edification. Do you think I have that right about those born identity movies, Jason Bourne? I mean, he doesn't remember his past and he's a super soldier, he's trained to kill. <laughs> Is that kind of in line with those uh with the Jason groups?
0: Well it's it's definitely more in line with with some of the components of, of Jason Projects. Jason Projects is one that was that was made and engineered for children, and it was it's a totally different Finders program for locating and, and connecting uh, Jasons, which would be it's an Ooh. acronym for Me we's, and Days. The um, Finders. Like the Finders.
1: We're all familiar yeah, with yeah. the CIA, yeah. the Finders, and the Children and the Child Sex Trafficking. All right, we're gonna do another show on that. How's that? We'll sideline That's that good. for now. That's gonna get very deep. We'll go deep on that, so we need some time. Okay, let me just play this sound bite. Because I do know that these bloodlines go all the way back, pretty much to the beginning of time. This is Damien Dumar talking on Jeff Rents' program about that book, The Last Harvest.
0: So I would like to read a little excerpt from The Last
1: Harvest that your listeners will find very eye-opening about the Graves, who are also known as the Setu and their influence on the political system. So good. it says the, the Egyptian
0: Setu government also instituted a two-party system while they remained in the shadows as the third and supreme overseer of the other two. They divided the executive branch of government into the Rockefaros and the legislative branch into the Rocket
2: Seals. The Rockefaros issued the decrees handed down by the Chetuzado government, while the Rocket Seals were assigned the task of making sure all the legal decrees were
0: obeyed to the letter. These elites were the forerunners of the Illuminati and the Freemasons, forever
2: linked and bound to their founders' namesakes, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. So the Rocket Seals are the Rothschilds, and the Rockefellers became the Rockefellers.
1: Now, guys, just let me be candid. I haven't read that book, and I don't know who Damien Dumar is, but Nathan Reynolds is one of the most intelligent folks I've ever spoken to, and I think he really has a grasp on the true history. Is there anything there? Can we at least agree the bloodlines go all the way back to Egypt? Well, they, they go all the way back to Cain and Abel.
0: They, they they claim they claim hegemony, they, they claim the right to the divine right of kings. This is paramount in understanding why they rule over us the way that they do, because they believe they are a different species. Not they they really believe that they are sons of the serpent. You have to understand that at, at fundamental genetic level they believe they are bloodline carriers of the literal seed line of the anti-messiah the one the great man of perdition the lawless one as we would call him they believe he will be their great revealed one the one who will come and put all their enemies under their feet and will reign supremely. This is the divine right they believe they have to rule over mankind. It's the very same invocation of what Heinrich Himmler was bringing forth under the Nazis and under the rise of their thousand-year Reich that they were trying to bring forth from Badelsberg Castle. And they were trying to raise up the SS, this necromancers group, this group of, of deeply occulted believers who had this, this imbuing from this these, these spirits and the black sun and they literally were given these charged rings they were called death head rings they were they were possessed by these powers in order to make them like the gods of men, gods among men. They invoked the very same deities that we would call Mars today, that these would be the gods of war. They brought these powers in in order to try to bring about this overarching rule of supremacy over an entire country and then ultimately over the entire world. That is always the agenda that is driving these folks. And so they do lay claim that all the way back at the the, the seed of the serpent was injected into mankind back in Genesis 6. This is critical information. If you have never read... Genesis 6 before. Let me just do it super briefly because we're going to jump back to 2 Thessalonians and get back to the man of perdition and the strong delusion that is sent to deceive the world. But it but it's fundamentals that you understand what is being referenced back in the days of Noah. Because you're going to hear that phrase when Yeshua was asked, like, what are going to be the signs of your coming? And how are we going to know? How will we know? How can we check the temperature to know that we're literally coming into the final hour, like the final countdown? How will we know that? And he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the son of man which means there's clues about all of the things that we have to see these hallmarks these checkpoints like the video i did with uh, eric fire medic eight on my channel called the house of dragons so we went into a lot more specifics about what that world and that society looks like and why the house of the dragon that i was born into why they literally believe they are carriers of this black bloodline seed of the serpent that they they have that need to consume blood, human animal human and animal blood on a regular basis to feed this parasite they called the Gregorian. There's been many iterations of these divine ones, these extra-dimensional entities who don't who should not be in our physical realm, but they transform themselves into angels of light and they masquerade among men so that people will be be wanting either the power that they have through secrets of knowledge of technology, we would call it today, uh, secrets of magic and invocation and, and incantation. These are people that are wanting to control the keys, the lesser keys of Solomon, people that get into black magic and the dark arts, the ones that want this power, they're gonna go commune with these beings. Well, there's times where they physically come into our realm and they inject their literal into mankind and when they do that their offspring are part man and part part angel and so these are the ones who then trace their bloodlines and why they're so obsessed with the bloodline is they have to produce a son of perdition they have to be able to prove they have to prove his bloodline all the way back to the very beginning of mankind. And they have to also be able to prove that they have maintained purity. A guy who does a much better job of breaking this down, Gary Wayne. If you can have Gary Wayne on the show, he wrote a book called Genesis 6, The Genesis 6 Conspiracy, which goes into an incredible detail of a lot of their accounts and records, their historicity of how they can establish their bloodlines and their proofing of of them being the seed line carriers of this. But in Genesis 6, it says... And it came to be when men began to multiply on the face of the earth that daughters were born to them and the sons of Elohim, this is angels we're talking about, immortals, were, saw the daughters of men that they were good, so they lusted. And they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And Yahuwah said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever in his going astray. He is flesh and his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim, this is that hybrid, were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of Elohim came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, the men of name. And Yahuwah saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every inclination of the thought of his art was only evil continually. And Yahuwah was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. This this is the hallmark indicators of what those days of Noah were like every single thing was altered every everything from plants to animals everything was hybridized and this is the same agenda the same spirits these watchers that were bound in print in chains of darkness like i read about in second peter this is what they're referring to well watchers kept coming down you got to understand satan has had these angels in these other principalities these there's there's different classes of being you have cherubim you have a you have uh uh, you have, oh, the name just escapes me at the moment. Anyways, there's there's a few different classes of, of seraphim. There's different classes of, of heavenly mighty ones and when they choose to rebel, that's not something that just happened. It says Satan, when he comes down, he brings a third of the stars with him. It's not just all at once, you guys. There's been progressive falling away of these of these mighty ones who have come down onto earth and who have brought these sorceries, these wisdoms, these dark arts to mankind and those iterations are when that seed line gets Reinjected into mankind. That's what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah when these watchers came down again and were teaching men how to go after strange flesh like it says in the book of Jude. The strange flesh they're going after is the flesh of the mighty ones, these angels. And when they do that, the men demand bloodshed. That's why all the men were trying to beat down the door. It's because they wanted to have sex with the angels to get their seed in them because a lot of these angels were letting men rape them. They were letting themselves get raped so as to kind of abdicate the legal terms that we weren't doing it to them. We weren't having sex with their women, they were forcing themselves on us. But by doing that, they were injecting this augmentation into the bloodline. And when when you start to change the genetic nature of man, you create what's called epigenetic problems. These things that are carried on from child to grandchild to great grandchild. These are these curses that carry out and make the iniquity become full. And when that cup gets so full that there's, there's no longer redeemable nature of man, that the image of man has been blasted out of there and the image of the beast has been taken into its place, what you you are given is homo satanus this is literally satan in the flesh the the incarnation of the dragon on the earth is going to take place and this is he has to have an army already in place and that's why russ disler's book the black awakening the rise of the satanic super soldier was going through and examining where is his army where are his soldiers where are his shock troops where's his invasion force where's his finance empire where is his supply chain where does it all come from it's not going to happen overnight i was raised up and passed through these things that were called the apollo trials where as a child i was made to go through specific rituals to to literally take my body and they packed it on ice and they pulled the blood out of my body and put it in a machine that chilled it down rapidly until i had no more heart no more heartbeat, no more brain activity till I was dead clinically. And in doing that, they invoked this, this ritual to cast me down to Abaddon, to Apollyon, to engage in this covenant with him so that if I could rise from the dead, I would be charged with his spirit and become one of the carriers of his anti-Messiah spirit. The, each of these families at any given time has one of their sons going through these Apollo trials to try to raise up someone who could be a carrier of the beast. These are deplorable ab absolute depraved doctrines that are done often on solar eclipses and on lunar eclipses, but specifically these guys worship the black sun, which is why solar eclipses are intimately tied with that. Like we see coming up here in a few days, when you see any of that coming to pass, you got to understand they are trying to raise up a lot of those archons. They're trying to raise up people that have been programmed as sleeper assassins. This as these people who have lists to go out and cause chaos. Where does that chaos come from? That chaos is orchestrated with people who have been influenced by these demonic Powers to engage in absolute strategic violence. And when that takes place, you will see the loss of an entire society overnight. This is why operatives that operate in these shadows are so dangerous. When the military gets done with a lot of these guys, they suicide them for a reason because these guys were made to destroy empires. These guys were made to go in as a couple of guys, like one of my drill sergeants in basic combat training at Fort Knox, Kentucky. He was one of those guys who was dropped in behind enemy lines on the invasion of Iraq. Well, before we technically were told we were going to go in there. And he was talking to me about how when they were driving around in one of their technical trucks, they would kill every single taxi that had red and white on it. Any vehicle that had it, they killed every single person that was inside that. And they went in there and they destroyed their power stations. They destroyed their water, their septic treatment stations. They destroyed their hospitals. They destroyed their supply chains. All without us even having technically declared war on it. All of this took place from the shadows, y'all, with a couple of guys that can equip themselves with everything they need from a Home Depot. These guys are incredibly powerful people. And a lot of those people that do that kind of work, go to regular jobs, they don't look anything like a big, bad, scary military guy. They look like moms and soccer moms that, that show up in a minivan. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, they're literally preparing for an absolute apocalyptic war day and night. They just have no conscious front side selection of it. This is through a lot of the mechanization of the weaponization of hip, hypnotism and dissociative identity disorder. This is the system that has built up an army for this beast, for these rulers to activate whenever they're really ready to initiate that system. Second Thessalonians Thessalonians chapter two talks about that strong delusion that has to get sent down on demand so that everyone would go along with this agenda. Second Thessalonians two says as the coming, as to the coming of our master, Yeshua Messiah, and you're gathering together to him. We ask you brothers not to become easily unsettled in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as if the day of Yahuwah has come, let no one deceive you in any way. Because the falling away is to come first, and the man of lawlessness is to be revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called Elohim or that is worshipped, so that he sits as Elohim in the dwelling place of Elohim, showing himself that he is Elohim. Do you not remember that I told you this while I was still with you? And now you know what restrains for him to be revealed in his time for the secret of lawlessness is already at work until un, only until he who now restrains comes out of the midst and then the lawless one shall be revealed whom the master shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and bring to naught with the manifestation of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the workings of Satan, the dragon. With all power and signs and wonders of falsehood and with all deceit of unrighteousness in those perishing because they did not receive the love of the truth in order for them to be saved. And for this reason, because they did not receive the love of the truth. Elohim sends them a working of delusion for them to believe the falsehood in order that all should be judged who did not believe the truth, but have delighted in unrighteousness. This is why I was able to get set free because I ultimately the core tenant of my being. I had a love for the truth that was never satisfied in a kingdom of corruption. I could not find true power there because at the end of it, it always required death, despair, worthlessness, violence, and murder, and con- and constant manipulation. That power source, that iniquity force that was found in Halal ben Shahar, when iniquity was found in him, when he declared his five I wills, I will ascend and I will be like the most high. When he declared those things over himself and he invoked that power upon himself, he destroyed and corrupted his divine nature and he was a curse. And if you walk in that darkness, if you embrace that darkness, and if you avoid the truth and instead you clothe yourself, with compromise you will never have true power you will always have cracks in your foundation you have laid your foundation stones on sinking sands and sooner or later your entire kingdom is going to come crumbling down just like all of the right the men who thought they were so powerful and so invincible found that they're going to sit there and scream and beg for the very rocks and the bunkers that they're hiding in to collapse on them to fall on them to hide them from the wrath of the one who is coming
1: so powerful all right well i guess one word of warning to the ben shapiro's and the foaming at the mouth neocons that are out there like nikki haley do not clothe yourself in compromise we should really pray that the scales of blindness fall from their eyes nathan i guess one last thing i'd say too we didn't really answer the question about the alien ufo deception i know the strong
0: delusion i was alluding to
1: well i'm a dumb guy so i might have missed that but uh The strong delusion you did mention earlier in the show, Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, right? A a being of light. And certainly this alien UFO deception that I think is coming, it will be satanic at its core, will it not?
0: Indeed. This is what you're dealing with is a childhood's end, you know? They, they they're they going to come with all all lying signs and wonders what i was trying to read from you is is this is the fruit of the tree when you're when you're dealing with the the beast system and the dragon system you're dealing with lying signs and wonders and this is the great manifestations of that is what they have been so continually preparing people through this propaganda which is independence day incarnate that is the goal of that system is that you know, just like the president bush had said was that we just if we all just had a, an outside threat to come if all of us I think could lay aside all of these problems and powers that are going on all these wars would stop if we had an outside threat that was so strong an alien threat that came outside this world yeah. to come upon us we could That was Reagan. World. That oh, was Reagan, Reagan, Reagan. Reagan at excuse, the United Ronald Nations. Reagan. Yeah. Ronald Reagan's speech, this is, this is what they're trying to foment. And and that those lying signs and wonders indeed are those fallen watchers coming back down onto the earth. Some of it will be military tech. Some of it will be drones, Some of it will be the X projects groups. Some of it will be our hardware, our software, our materials that are in the underground bases that, that, that operate already that are not anything miraculous, but some of them will be different. And that is literally the Ophonam and Ezekiel. Ezekiel sees these Ophanam, these wheels within wheels, these extra dimensional entities. You're dealing with things that are that are able to alter time and space and be able to transport themselves interdimensionally. When you're dealing with that stuff, you are dealing with those principalities and powers and rulers and dominions. They have a physical being that's called an ophanum, that is a literal carriage system. It's a literal, it's an aircraft for lack of a better word, that that these other physical beings put themselves in, these spiritual physical beings put themselves in to fly around and they look like balls of light. They look like orbs of light, wheels that are going around and spinning. So much of that delusion will bring with it the deliverance that people will be crying out for. Because if we do indeed go into those days of war and violence and bloodshed and chaos, what people are going to be groaning for and moaning for when they're in that time of poverty and famine and destruction, and they're finally wrung out of that bloodlust and they want peace, they're going to demand it. And you know who's going to rise up to give them that peace is these very lawless ones, is this false prophet, is these very archons who have been trying to bring about the revelation of their kingdom. And they will cause all those wars to stop. They will be able to settle all of those disagreements so powerfully that people will be wondering and marveling at him. And he literally will come with all the signs and the powers of the heavens. He will come in a false manifestation like Yeshua is that he says he's coming on a great white horse with all of these mighty ones following along him. They're going to imitate that very same thing because they have to make one who is the word antichrist is not the right way to understand it. it literally means instead of the anti-messiah literally means the one who comes instead of the messiah in his place who masquerades like him who has the same facade like he does and yet is very much consumed with that duplicitousness
1: guys here's the website if you want to support this man you could buy the book order your copy right here today at snatched from i do also- have signed
0: copies available now so if those of you guys don't want to order from amazon those will be going up tomorrow on the website
1: Excellent. Where do they click right here? Order your copy. It'll, it'll
0: be, it'll pop up right there next to that. It'll be up there live tomorrow.
1: Okay. That means today as you guys are listening to this. Yeah. So buy a signed copy of the book, support the author. And, uh, Nathan, look, if you don't mind, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I think you're up for it. Could you say a prayer that the scales fall from the eyes of those who are deceived? Because you know what? When we do shows like this, we don't know who's going to listen. And we don't know who listens, who's going to spread it to somebody else who listens. And it may just get to the right hands and the right people to at least circumvent some of this chaos that's coming. And some of the bloodthirstiness that these people are banging on the table for, it needs to be abated. And the only way that's going to happen is through divine intervention. So could you lead us in prayer? Let's pray for the scales of blindness to fall from their eyes.
0: Yeah. Well, Father Yahuwah, we just come before you. With desperation. Father, we, we we petition you for mercy and for deliverance and for restoration of all of those who are so wounded and so weary. Father, we are being plagued perpetually by people that are torturing us and, and travailing over us with mind control in such powerful and constant ways. And Father, I just lift up all of those who have positions of power, Father, who do have seats of royalty who have the ability to influence the minds and the hearts of the masses father and i just come before you right now and father i ask that you would forgive them their sins father that you would forgive the sins of their ancestors and we just ask that you would apply the blood of the messiah to their bloodlines all the way back to adam father we pray that you would please cleanse them of their transgressions and pardon them of all their iniquities that you would please forgive the sins of every individual that's being used by the adversary to target and combat our families our friends our our farms our livelihoods our 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 homes. Father, we pray that you would contend with these spirits that contend with our families and bring justice in Yeshua's mighty name. We pray that you would please break their occult power to the highest level. destroy father these continual lies that are being raised up against us we pray that you would blind the eyes of our adversaries that you would send confusion into the spiritual powers father that you would destroy their transportation methods father that you would take the wheels off of their vehicles that are driving these forces of darkness and despair we pray that you would upend the adversaries of our of your kingdom father and that you would indeed deliver us from this strong delusion that is trying to settle its heart settle itself into the hearts of mankind we pray that you would indeed cast off these vain imaginations nations that are being raised up in the hearts of these people, Father, and that you would deliver them so that they could call upon your name and find that you are, are powerful and mighty to save, that they do not need to turn to men to be their deliverers, that they do not need a Messiah on this earth to rescue them, to ransom them, to rescue them, but that they need to know that the Messiah has already come. He came as a suffering servant. He came as a veiled one, a concealed one, and no one recognized him. No one knew who he was, but you O Yahuwah, you veiled him from the secret powers of this society so that they indeed slew your son and by doing so father you set the captives free he took captivity captive he took power he took the keys of death from the devil and I thank you that he has the keys of David on his shoulder. He is the Aleph and the Tab. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I thank you that in his hands is the rod of iron with which he will smite the nation. So we pray that you would contend with these adversaries in the spiritual realms where we cannot go. We ask that you, O Yahuwah, would send your mighty messengers to deliver us from the strong, oppressive arms of these wicked ones. That you indeed would light in us, Father, a heart of passion for the truth that we would not turn from this this darkness, that we would instead, that we would turn from this darkness and we would not turn to cowardice. And instead that we would be filled with power from on high, the dynamite power of your set apart spirit, that we would be clothed with it as it was in the days of Acts, Father, as it was in the days of judges, Father, that we would indeed turn the world upside down, Father, that you would fill us with the rock of, of mightiness, of strength, that you would give us counsel, that you would give us a fear of you. I ask that your word would go forth to the nations above all else, that there would be a hunger in the hearts of men for the word. We thank you that there has been a famine for the word, Father. I thank you that there has been an opportunity for men to starve because by doing so, they will savor the sweetness of your salvation. And I pray that you would indeed bring about a revival and not a revolution, Father. We want a revival. We want deliverance from our strong adversaries. And we want Yeshua, the Messiah, to be the king and the sovereign over us. Let there be no king over us, but may you reign supremely over us now and forevermore. To your name, to your glory, be the powers forever. Amen.
1: Amen. Guys, I just want to say one thing. I'm trying to be less lukewarm about my faith. And the reason for this broadcast and that prayer is because we've come full circle. We started the show talking about commandment number six, thou shalt not kill. And right now, there are dozens, hundreds of influencers and people with huge platforms, national personalities that you all know, who are screaming, screaming, For murder, they're screaming for revenge. They're literally screaming for Gaza to be leveled. That's two million plus people, men, women, and children. How many of them are members of Hamas? How many of them are innocents trapped in a hellscape? What happens if that hellscape one day turns up at your door? Hmm? Then what? What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to turn to? Who's going to stand for you in those hours? Thou shalt not kill. Nathan Reynolds, God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, the website, snatchfromtheflames.com. Buy a signed copy of the book. Support our friend Nathan Reynolds. We'll get him back on again. Nathan, I hope that's possible. We'll get you on again. We'll talk about super soldiers. (laughs) Alrighty, And so much else. All right. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Sean. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll keep it short and sweet. For real news, hit us up every day for free at sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda in Luciferian Lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye.
0: You explained the Rothschilds. Many of
1: you, I'm sure, have seen the three little globes that hang around the pawn shop at the Illinois Pawn Shop. That comes from three acorns off the Rothschild family crest. They were moneylenders to begin with in Austria, and they became, which they are now, the largest, the richest family in the world. They are not considered humans by the occult world. They're considered gods to believe that god sons and daughters of lucifer
2: dwell in these human bodies